the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. YouTube channel Rob Black Show or you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black here. Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. So dedicated to getting you to retirement. Some pretty good stories to work with today. Taking a look at what the week lays ahead for us. Always interesting. Always um, worth taking time to the eyeball, so to speak. This week, we get a little bit of action from the Federal Reserve, Tuesday and Wednesday. Will they talk about tapering or not? Will they ride to the rescue or not? Will they say, you know what, 6.5% unemployment is unrealistic, we're going to aim for 7%. We don't know. But increased volatility recently implies that we're in a shifting market, moving from defensive-based concepts to more growth-based. And we have yet to see the data that says... Jump in. The growth water is warm and great. We're not quite sure it's warm enough yet. So there's com- not confusion, but volatility. The market appears content right now that the Fed's going to continue doing what they're doing. So we have some, we're buying some time until we have to make that complete commitment to growth. This morning we saw the Empire State Manufacturing Survey for June. It was released. You know, business conditions jumped. It's pretty good for the month. But a lot of the indicators looking towards the future, weaker than expected. So on one hand, we got exactly what we want. On the other hand, we maintain our defensive bias from some of the data inside of it. The key new orders sub-index fell to a negative 6.7 rating from negative 1.2. Shipment slipped 11.8 points in June from flat in May. Labor market conditions worsened in the month, so, so very Goldilocksy, not too hot, not too cold. Let's take a look at the market numbers. SP 500 is up 16, the Dow is up 163. <laughs> Repetitive. And then NASDAQ is up 39. Gold down 3 bucks an ounce, 10 year Treasury sits 2.12%. You might remember last week it. it Cracked 2.25, 2.24, but it's pulled back, thus making it easier to lend money at ultra-cheap rates. Oil was up fractions today. That's something a lot of people are starting to wonder is, why is oil hanging out around $100 a barrel if the economy is so weak and not so strong? So that artificial support from the Federal Reserve, it's taken us a long way. 
There's a little bit of a codependency issue that I don't like, that I'd like to get out of. We're not ready to do it yet. Not ready to make nice, so to speak. Facebook. Investors are speculating about a precedent set for this Friday. The invitation merely describes an introduction of a big idea that a small team has been working on. Lowe's is buying most of the assets of Orchard Supply Hardware Stores, which filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Orchard is the unit that was spun off by Sears Holdings in late 2011. Lowe's is going to pay $205 million for uh, some of those assets. Aetna. Uh, I'm glad I didn't meet you. Is that the idea here? They're no longer going to sell health insurance policies to individual consumers in California as of year's end. However, Aetna will sell policies to employers and Medicare beneficiaries in the state. Smithfield Foods should be broken up, so says an activist investor, Starboard. They're not sure who should buy the broken up pieces. And they're not so sure that the offer from China is necessarily a bad one, but they think that there's more value to be unlocked if they were to pursue it. And it's kind of like saying... I think I can get back into high school fighting shape, but I'm going to have this pizza. It's not really solving that much. Weyhauser named Doyle Simmons its new CEO. He's replacing the retiring Dan Fulton. Separately, Weyhauser announced that it would buy Longview Timber from Field Asset Management. Vodafone's in the news today. It's going to need to increase its offer for German cable TV operator Kabal Deutschland by about 1 billion euros. Company that I've never really heard of because of the name, but I know of because of what they do. Zoidus, ticker symbol ZTS. They're going to be added to the SP 500 after the close on June 21st. It's an animal health company. It's replacing First Horizon. Coldwater Creek is moving to the SP 600 small cap index. Those are the big. Stories of the day. On top of it, Man of Steel, Time Warner's blockbuster. Pulled in 113 over the weekend, 12 million on Thursday, but thus 125 million. Um, that's box office gold. It's the biggest June opening ever. Not adjusting for inflation. Beating the $110 million launch of 2010's Toy Story 3. One of the biggest debuts of the year. It's behind only the massive Iron Man 3. So they're going to make two of these, and then they're going to make an Avengers with, not Avengers, Justice League. So, I don't know. This is the end that is probably a movie I would have rather invested in than, say, Time Warner Superman. This is the end was made for $32 million, and it pulled in $32 million. So that's pretty impressive. They're already in the profitable areas. Man of Steel still has ways to go. Man of Steel attracted the demographic of older males. I guess that goes back to something. Next week we're going to see if, if this is the end. is going to hold up terribly well. It's got a lot of new competition. Um... White House down with the heat before midnight. 
To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. I always try to pride myself on that. Uh, Tesla started at overweight by glo- over global securities. They give it an 18-month price target of $150 a share. Boeing CEO says the Dreamliner battery problems resolve. That stock's moving up a buck on that news. Car leasing hits record levels. Ease credit restrictions and basically people trying to get more car have pushed people into lease deals. The median lease deal now is $361 a month, about 20% lower than the median loan payment on a new purchase of $434. Leasing has hit its all-time high share of new vehicle sales, hitting a record 25.6%, up from just 16.3% in 2004. That's telling me that people can't afford new cars, right? So Netflix made a deal with DreamWorks, which is interesting, because they made a deal with Disney, and now they got DreamWorks. Netflix knows what we're watching, so they know what to go out and buy and purchase and work with. But part of this Netflix deal is they're going to produce 300 hours of content for DreamWorks. This is a pretty big deal for DreamWorks. Good deal for Netflix, but really good deal for DreamWorks. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Email me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Don't be shy. We need this to be interactive. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Big Ben Bernanke week on Wall Street. The analyst at Fitch chimed in and tried to make some waves as far as stories go. The Fitch analyst says China's credit bubble is unlike anything in modern history. Okay, so we got China's shadow banking systems out of control and under mounting stresses, borrowers struggle to roll over short-term debts. You got the Federal Reserve with incredibly low interest rates. That's going to be interesting to note, because as interest rates start to tick higher, it becomes a little bit tougher and a little bit tougher to service that debt. So we pay attention to that. Um, As an investor, you can get caught up in the negative news of China. You can get caught up in the positive news of China. And I just warn you, try not to get caught up in news. Have a strategy, have a, a goal, have a plan. Some years are going to be better than others. Market moves up in 7 out of 10 years. Be comfortable with that. 
some thoughts on the market today as far as what's driving the market. Keep in mind, it's, it's very much so story-driven on a day-by-day basis. On a month-by-month, it's not so much story-driven. So it's become more financial trends-driven. Then it gets into a situation where it becomes earnings-driven. Got an email. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Got an email asking me that basically says, I've been out of the market waiting for a pullback. When do I expect one? I really don't try to do that. What I try to do very much so is focus on what's my strategy. And yeah, I like pullbacks to buy more. I do. Pullbacks don't scare me. When I'm 55, 60, I'm going to be a lot more scared by pullbacks. Today, not so much. Got a real nice, sweet email. Mr. Black, happy Father's Day to you. Your wisdom of money has changed the way I save, think, and spend. I'm going to treasure it for the rest of my life. I appreciate how you're able to give good common sense of reaching money goals to save. Can't thank you enough. I've been a listener for some time to your show. That's very kind, and I appreciate that because I think a lot of people forget at times that I'm playing a character. <laughs> I know you're saying, it's, well, you're not a very good actor because you really do look like a jerk. I'm really, really not a jerk. But I do play one on TV, and I'm totally comfortable with that. CNN's doing something interesting, which, again, tells you that you, too, have to change with the times. CNN's launched a lot of alternatives to politics. Most Americans are turned off by talking politics. Most Americans want to tell you how right they are for believing in one of two parties, which I find laughable. That's not even funny. So CNN's breaking its format. It's developed 30 years of a reputation as a news-driven content. Now they've launched Morgan Spurlock's Super Size Me's uh, new inquiring into open, uh, heart-tugging public issues. They've launched Inside Man by Ridley Scott. It's one of those crime caper kind of documentaries. They've got Anthony Boulogne's Revival. It's a travel show. So Zucker, and not Zuckerberg, but Zucker, he's trying to enlarge the cable news narrative and take it back after it's become very much so, you know, dominated uh, by issues, political issues. He says it's not all about Congress, it's about marijuana. People want to talk about marijuana rights right now. The politics of marijuana rights. So, CNN's changing after 30 years. You need to change. You can't be your parents' investor. You can't copy your parents what they did with their house. You can't copy your parents what they did with savings. Our parents had a lot of, you know, my dad had a kick-butt pension. I can't be that because I don't have same thing. Some of you have chosen careers that have pensions involved, and yeah, that's going to be a little bit more of a conservative retirement plan. I don't want a conservative retirement plan. I want to accumulate as much wealth as I can. 
so that I could live as long as possible on income that I give to myself. Not that the government gives me or not that some company gives me. A little bit of government snooping in the news right now with you know companies like Facebook, Apple. We're starting to get some details on what government snooping looks like. I gotta say that's not a good thing, right? No matter what you think about the US, you know that that constitution is separation of church and state and right to bear arms, right to free speech. So that's one of those CNN type of issues now that is changing ever so slightly. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Take a look at the market numbers. We have an up day. Some people don't like that up day. To, you know, up open. SP 500's up 15. Dow's up 165. The Nasdaq's up 40. This is a Fed Reserve week. We'll talk Tuesday and Wednesday. A lot of people will change their opinions on what they see in the economy on Wednesday, based on what the Federal Reserve is seeing. Home builder sentiments in the news today, hitting above 50 for the first time in seven years. Home builder sentiment jumped in June, rising or raising, rising above a key milestone. Readings about 50 mean more builders view market conditions as favorable than poor. It's the first time the index has been above that dividing line since April 2006. Now, that's good news and bad news because the stocks have already moved higher. So you missed it if you were going to try to play it on that angle. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. She's mum about the baby so far. Somehow, I think, pictures are going to start popping up everywhere. And again, I say, why do we care? We'll take a break here. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220. Don't forget to listen to the Chad Burton CFP Show today from 1 to 2 on this very network. From 1 to 2, the CFP Chad Burton Show. Find me online at robblack.com. This is a little too throwback for me. Blow this one up. Little David Bowie. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. Tone it down. Tone it down. Too loud. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So I, I hinted at the story, but I should throw it out there. China's credit bubble is unlike anything in modern history, so says Fitch Ratings. Agency said the scale of the credit was so extreme that the country would find it very hard to grow its way out of the excesses, as in past episodes, implying that tougher times are ahead for China. The credit-driven growth models clearly fall apart. This could feed into a massive overcapacity problem. There's no transparency in the shadow banking system. The systemic risk is rising. They have no idea who the borrowers are, who the lenders are, and what the quality of assets is. That's pretty scary stuff. Fitch warned that wealth products worth $2 trillion of lending are in reality a hidden second balance sheet 
for banks allowing them to circumvent loan curbs and dodge efforts by regulators to halt excesses. Long story short, U.S. is still the quality borrower of the world. And we will continue to be. We have a form of capitalism that when it works, we create jobs, which create taxes, which feeds and funds debt. There's no doubt in my mind that we've gotten way too aggressive with our debt. But if you're going to get way too aggressive with your debt, you do it typically or hopefully during low interest rate environments. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I could use a couple more calls. I'll be quite honest with you. I'm a little disappointed uh, that this is turned into such a monologue-driven show. S&P 500 up 17, the Dow up 168, the NASDAQ up 39. Welcome in, CFP, Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. One of the things that intimidates people about money is there's a lot of things that just doesn't you know, translate to RABCs, like ESPPs and RSUs. What is an ESPP? Why do we care? What is an RSU? Why do we care? It reminds me, I was up on the mountain, um, you know, back in, I don't know, February or something like that, and somebody had to stop skiing and pull over on their cell phone and exercise some of their Wells Fargo options because they were expiring that day. Awesome. And they were sitting on the mountain and got an email saying, your options are about to expire. And it was about a $6,000 value, net of taxes, that they almost lost because they let their options expire. So a lot of people that work for companies that have, you know, they get the 401k match, great. But then you get the options that have expiration dates, incentive stock options that have different tax strategies. But let's talk about employee stock purchase plans and and RSUs, which is the most common. So in the employee stock purchase plan, when you're working for a company, you get two periods a year where you can buy your own company stock at a discount. Okay. But they have different tax strategies, too. And, and what I can't understand is why people don't, you know, they, they get too overweighted in an old company stodgy stock. Because they're always doing the SPPs, which I like, because you get the discount. Okay. But What's the di- discount typically? 10? Typically 10 to 15%. Okay. And so, but if you want to have most of your gain on the stock qualify for capital gains, you usually have to hold them for at least two years after the offering date. Okay. okay. Um, so what I tell people is once you've bought them two years later, you know, look, if you're, if you're already own, if 5% of your portfolio and you're in your fifties is in your company stock, you need to, as they become two years old, sell them and reinvest them. Right. And remember if you're way overweight in your company, you're, you're stock, talking really fast. Okay. Two year. If once the stock becomes two years old, okay. like you've bought it and you've held it for over two years and you're in your 50s and you own over 5% of your overall portfolios in the company stock that you work for, you need to start trimming those ESPP okay, shares. Right. Okay. But you want to make sure they're over two years old to qualify for the overall capital gains rates. There's, there's really an 18-month rule and all this other stuff that I'm not going to get into on radio. But the discount and how that's taxed and then the, the capital gain and how that's taxed, just hold it for two years. Okay. Start diversifying. Every year you should look at your stock options, and if the market has fallen and you've got ESPP shares at a loss – you're probably going to want to sell them to take the loss and offset other gains in the future. Okay? Okay. Um, so what selling you're interesting to note about that is I think a lot of people accumulate a lot of wealth like through AT&T. Mm-hmm. They worked there. They got the company shares. They became millionaires. And it's almost ingrained in our society not to diversify. Yeah. But then WorldCom and Enron come along. You know, WorldCom bought a couple baby bells, and they implode. Yeah. Next thing you know. So it's, it's ingrained in us, but it's not necessarily trained properly. Yeah. So it's... 
you know, I can see if you're younger and you're working for a, a company that's aggressively growing and they're they're you know really doing well in the stock market, while you end up being you know 10% of your portfolios in the company stock. It can make sense when you're younger. You can't afford that type of risk when you're close to retirement. So you have to diversify. Um, you also don't want to overpay your taxes because you get that company discount, Rob, that's going to be taxes, ordinary income when you sell. Oh, and sometimes killer. people are paying taxes on that discount twice, once when you know they get taxed on it. it. Long story short, there's a form called a 3922. So if you have employee stock purchase program, you got to know your form 3922 so you don't end up paying taxes twice on that discount. Would you say that most purchase. people who use the SPP should probably use a CPA? Yeah. Okay. I think, you know, I know the tax code really well, and I still use a CPA to prepare my tax return because if I'm audited, if I'm audited, I know I'm not going to do well sitting in the room with, with the IRS if the, a certain point comes up, you know, because I can't stand our current tax code. They know how to discuss the issue with the IRS. I would just get angry. <laughs> I so badly watch you on Jeopardy and the, the, the heading comes up tax code <laughs> because you're like, I know tax code. <laughs> Form 3522. Okay, um, 3922. 3922, trust me. I don't know the tax code. I don't pretend to know the tax code. You're a nerd. I'm not. (laughs) Let's just say this. Playboy model. Happened in my life, not yours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So what else do we need to do? RSUs, did we hit that? Do we need to hit that? Well, RSUs is one of those things, too, when you already own a bunch of your company stock. RSUs, restricted share units, restricted (laughs) stock units. You're granted a bunch of units, and... As they vest, they become taxable based on the value of the stock that day. There is absolutely no tax reason to continue to hold those after that point. So if you are, if, you know, unless you think your company is just going to go through the roof and you own less than 10% of your portfolio in that company, as those RSUs come due, they're taxed. They're already taxed. So sell them and reinvest them in a diversified portfolio. Uh, and that's one thing that people just fail to do. They continue to hold and hold and hold and uh, you need to do a good job tracking your cost basis on those as well. Okay. Anything else that we need to know, or should we wrap it up here? Um, again, it's you know if you're getting close to retirement, having more than five to ten percent of your company, your portfolio and your own company stock is just too much risk. And again, a lot of people don't want to hear that because they feel comfortable where they are and they feel like they're not being loyal if they do sell their own company shares. Don't feel that way. You're listening to CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. There's so much going on in the world of media and technology these days. Apple has released some data on the government request after reports of tech companies cooperating with government surveillance efforts. Apple disclosed information about how it uses data from its online services. Google, they're out there. They're saying, uh, you know, they're calling U.S. data request disclosures a step backwards for users. Facebook is disclosing basic data on law enforcement requests. How this affects you or doesn't affect you? We're all going to have different opinions on it. And trust me, if I'm apathetic, I'm going to piss off the people who are adamant and vice versa. Hey, it's no big deal. They've, they've stopped numerous terrorist attacks. No big deal. I'll, I'll give up some. Trust me, I'm not going to have an opinion on this on air because it doesn't pay to have an opinion. A friend of mine is a writer of stocks, and he recently quit Twitter because he hates the haters. Crazy, right? We know we're dealing with Obamacare next year or the Affordable Care Act next year. And the choice of health plans are going to vary from state to state. I think that is something that's going to cause our economy to pause. 
a lot of people are going to spend a lot of money that they don't currently have as they're living paycheck to paycheck to try to cover the cost of health care plans. From the surface, it looks like it's going to be a great deal for seniors and a horrible deal for young people. Um, by the whole complex as a whole, it looks like it could be positive for spending for sure. But health care costs continue to go higher. As any time the government gets into any business that does subsidies, like college, the costs go up. Businesses look at the government as like, hey, it's free money, let's raise prices. Some a little weary about health care plans. Weary? Not against. Weary. LinkedIn's doing incredibly good things these days. It's a media platform for business professionals. It's reliable. It's utilitarian. It's boring. Unlike Twitter or Facebook, which are hives of message activity that attract constant monitoring, LinkedIn for years warranted little more than an intermittent update on occasion to a resume. And then LinkedIn started adding its own content called Influencers. Bill Gates, Jeffrey Emmel, President Obama. They're all amongst more than 250 contributors, none of whom are being compensated with anything other than access to 225 million users. I'll take the 225 million users, please. This is Rob Black, everybody. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't be shy. Call and participate with the show, 800-516-1220. The SP 500 is up 15. The Dow up 159. The Nasdaq up 34. I'm Rob Black. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. A new CNN poll provides the sharpest evidence yet that a month of scandals is taking its toll on President Obama's approval rating. I know hardcore Democrats who don't care. Ultimately, I do care because I think our perception, both domestically and internationally, is important to maintain. But his general job approval is down from 53% in May down to 45% now. Approval on the economy is down 2 points to 42%. On foreign affairs, it's dropped 5 points to 44% on illegal immigration. Disapproval is up to 56%. What's stunning, though, is amongst those aged under 30, Obama has seen a 17% drop in approval. In the last reading from this survey, 58% of Americans saw him as honest and trustworthy. Now it's just 49%. Let's see if we can name the scandals. The IRS scandal. Benghazi, AP, leaks. To me, seeing the young people turn against him, it's telling me that, hey, maybe the next election goes a little bit different than this election. In no way, shape, or form do we expect that, do we count on that. But a lot of things form the success or failure of a country success or failure of its economy. For a very long time there, 
I would get on a show like this and say, you know, look, it's, you know, the dysfunction of both Republicans and Democrats creates gridlock. And that's typically a good thing. I can't really say that with a straight face at this point in time. Because our deficits have soared. Yes, they've soared with lower interest rates, which is positive. Well, it's not positive. It's the best, it's the best scenario of, of the scenarios. So you, too, have to understand that, you know, do you like gridlock? Do you not like gridlock? I saw California recently got their budget passed, but a lot of it's still going to angle on how does next year look. We gave you what you want this year, Governor Brown, but next year you're going to give back to our citizens in our districts. Which, again... Do we really want or not? Stocks are rising today. It's tied towards what will the Fed Reserve say on Wednesday. But it's also tied towards some real things, like home builder confidence in the United States rose to a seven-year high. Now, some people are expecting homes to run into some tailwinds or headwinds. Because builders are experiencing some relief in the headwinds that are holding back a more robust recovery. Confidence amongst home builders surged to the highest level in seven years. Here's how I look at confidence. Last summer, I'd gotten back to my college weight. I was running seven, eight-minute miles. I was cruising. For me, that's pretty good. I'm not a distance runner with speed. I'm a distance runner. I was pretty confident. I was like, this is going pretty good. And then we hit kind of a rainy season, and I slowed down. I put back on 5 to 10. So at my highest level of confidence, I was at my peak condition. If you were to buy Rob Black, it would have been at that moment. Same thing with confidence goes with, like, our stock market's doing great. The home builders are doing great. The home builder stocks have had a great run. Now, recently, as the Fed has started talking about tapering, the home builders showed some signs of cracks. In no way, shape, or form am I going to tell you to you know buy home builders now, or nor am I going to tell you to sell. I will say conventional wisdom has it that Warren Buffett's right: be greedy when others are fearful, and be fearful when others are greedy. Four or five years ago was the best time to buy stocks, in my mind, because people were giving up on it. Four or five years ago was the best time to buy home builders, because that's when they started to collapse. And when they collapsed, people couldn't say anything nice about the home builders. Now they can't say anything but nice things. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. At some point, I'm going to stop doing the show unless I get calls, because... Uh, it's a better show with calls. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Um, could be taking a little time off down the road. So don't think I've been fired. <laughs> don't stress. We'll have some best ofs as well as some uh, CFP Chad Burton sitting in for me. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Uh, 
analysts are now starting to admit that they had too much excitement about Samsung. That ultimately when they launched their new phone, the S4, they got caught up in the hype. So J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, they're all lowering their expectations by as much as 30%. That's pretty horrific. I'd say most forecasters had this conviction that they'd outperform because it's Samsung. They'd beaten expectations with the S3. The S4 sold $10 million in one month. The S4 lacks any wow factor. They tried to make us think it had wow factor. Uh-uh. So, the expectations were $10 million a month. Now down to $7 million. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Here's Rob Black and Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Taking a look at what's working on Wall Street and why on a day-by-day basis. Trying to translate that into economic data and market news that you can use to help fund your retirement, get you to a more comfortable place both mentally and physically when it comes to how you approach money. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Today is one of those days where markets were up big. Big. Even before the markets opened, up big. Dow's up 175, the Nasdaq's up 39. Did anything happen this weekend that caused the economy to rock and roll, to cause the markets to change? Not really. You know, the, the data that's out there today... The home builder sentiment tops expectations. That's nice. But then you got the New York Manufacturing Index, and that wasn't all that in a bucket of chicken. It was okay. Showed some softness coming, some strength current. So we're not getting it. The Fed has a meeting this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, and we'll probably know a little bit more about what that equals as far as uh, what the next steps will be to taper. The home builders got crushed. The real estate investment trust got crushed on concepts of conversations about potential tapering. So you see we're in a kind of a fragile scenario at this point in time. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. Stocks are rebounding after last week's selling. Japan's Nikkei gained 2.7% as dollar-yen strengthened. Strength today in energy, financial, consumer discretionary. Weakness in telecommunications. Let's go to a phone call. Let's go to Eric. Eric, how are you? Good morning, Ron. How are you doing today? Doing okay. So one of the things that, that, that really kind of woke up reading the newspaper this morning and in regards to your Obama, two things, actually. The first thing is this Obama spending $100 million to go to Africa um, especially with the ratings that you just mentioned. I was kind of surprised that he's going to spend that kind of money. I know past presidents have done that, that trip and spent a lot of money. What are, your, what are your thoughts? I don't really have thoughts on it. Um, I think you're better at talking politics than I am. I don't want to I, turn this into a political discussion, but that, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you my affiliation, but 
as a taxpayer, $100 million is still a lot of money to go to Africa when he can get on the phone or do a Skype or whatever it is. I'm just kind of, as a taxpaying American, I just think $100 million is a lot of money. That's all. It does, it does seem ludicrous, doesn't it? Um, and thanks for the call. Yeah, he's sending in 56 total support vehicles, 14 of them limousines, three of them trucks carrying bulletproof glass panels to cover the windows where the first family is set to stay. They're flown to the various positions by military jet. All said the cost of his trip to Africa for one week is going to run the federal government somewhere between 60 and $100 million. A lot of his security is determined by the Secret Service on what they seem to set as necessary. This trip is the latest evidence of presidential travel that's both incredibly expensive and it's frequently controversial. Whether he goes to Cincinnati, Ohio, or whether he goes to Zimbabwe, it's expensive to have that support that protects the president's life. Uh, President George W. Bush made two trips to Africa during his tenure. The Government Accountability Office didn't really turn up a lot of figures on that. The Obama's trip to Africa isn't all about how much people are spending on it. He's supposed to spend time reaffirming partnerships with sub-Saharan powers, emphasizing the importance of global health programs, including HIV and AIDS preventants. Um, but yeah, the trip departs uh, June 26th for a week-long visit on the continent of Africa that's going to go from Senegal to South Africa to Tanzania. Expansive security travels with the president. Um, as a taxpayer, I think we're all a little freaked out by the reality of, of that scenario. I think your suggestion of jumping on Skype is a little bit too far one direction. You and I both know that. Uh, there's nothing like doing business in person. How much of this is business? How much of this is vacation? Spending's out of control in the United States. And thanks for the call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. One of the reasons, if you're going to be cynical that the president's getting out of town, is scandals are mounting up on his administration. His job approval's down. His ability to breach the aisles of Republicans and Democrats, no one wants to be tied to him if he's considered the guy who sicked the IRS on American citizens. Now, he sicked the IRS on the American citizens of the Tea Party, but you still start with American citizens. And you hope that no one ever abuses power like that. Home builder confidence this morning rose to the highest level in seven years. I have to read that as a negative sign for stocks. And again, you don't have to read it as negative, but I do. Is there still upside? Absolutely. There's always upside because we as Americans bought pet rocks in the 1970s. So I will never, ever say with certainty that a stock or a sector can't go higher. I don't think it pays to play that game. I think it hurts you in the long term to be that I have to be right voice. Save your time, save your money. Learn, in my opinion, some of the sillier things that you do. And by the way, I appreciate the call calling because I'm actually calling for more callers. Um, I think we could develop a better agenda if we do. An analyst out there today. Analyst community on two levels are getting kind of a bad day. The analysts on Samsung are admitting that they were way too aggressive. The analysts on China, a Fitch analyst, says China's a bubble in credit, and 
we don't see enough. There's a term in the world of, called opening your kimono. And it shows the world your, your flaws. It's a moment in, I guess you could say, a passionate relationship where you get to see somebody undressed. We heard a little bit about that last week from a banker, Jamie Dimon. And he said, I've opened my kimono. I've shown you the warts of this country, of this company. I can't do anymore. But opening your kimono is not exactly the practice that China has when it comes to their economy, their politics, their media. You know, is it $2 trillion of leverage? Is it $3 trillion of leverage? Credits jumped from $9 trillion to $23 trillion since the Lehman crisis. They've replicated the entire U.S. commercial banking system in five years in China. The ratio of credit to GDP has jumped 75 percentage points to 200. Agency downgraded, Fitch downgraded China's long-term currency rating double-A negative in April. They think the government can handle any banking crisis. They think they have a lot of firepower, if and when needed. But it's certainly um, a weird headline to see. A finance worker from Connecticut was crowned Miss USA. Just throwing it out there for you, that we in finance community are hot. Miss Connecticut, congratulations. That's all I got for you. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Average wedding in the U.S. climbed 5.2%. Per- You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Gatsby-style weddings are growing in popularity, showing confidence to spend big. The average wedding cost jumped 5.2% in 2012 to 28,427 buckaroos. Such a waste. For the str- I say, remember the day forever, don't pay for the day forever. For the strides in employment, record household wealth, from rising home and stock prices, consumer confidence at a five-year high. Sustaining discretionary spending on everything from bar mitzvahs to lavish weddings. And it's helped, it's helped hiring, believe it or not. Anyhow, and anyway, you get where I'm going at with that. If you get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. I truly mean that. The S&P 500 is up 18. The Dow's up 177. The NASDAQ up 42. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him, as always, at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, we recently got into a discussion with a caller who was afraid of the markets. Mm-hmm. And that concept is funny to me because markets don't like intrude into your life. They don't chop down your door. They don't steal from you. And to be afraid of the markets tells me he's probably approaching investing with the wrong attitude. It's more of a gamble for him than an investment. People get afraid of their emotions. So, I mean, I've been in the business for almost 20 years, and you see large corrections. And and what I've learned very quickly is people have very short-term memories. Um, Every year you tend to have three, you know, an average of three, five to seven percent corrections, and every three years a 20 percent correction. And 
unfortunately, people invest with their emotions where they think they can be smarter and they think that timing the market really makes a difference. The fact is, is that you know, every time you look at corrections, five to ten years out, the chart's going to be higher. So if you think you can time that and save money and be in cash with all of your assets, you're insane. The better approach is, is to be in stuff that, that you like. If the market conditions change and you're more of a slow-growth economy or recession, you go more into defensive things that pay more dividends. So the chart will be higher eventually. And why not along the way? Why not collect these dividends and continue to add to the number of shares so that when the chart's higher, you have more shares and you're a happier person? Um, so if you're sitting there with cash, the market's run up, and now you're sitting at all-time highs and you're thinking, well, did I miss it? Should I go in at all? You get this panic situation to buy. So then you go from a panic situation to sell now, now to feel anxious about buying. So for people that are like that, what they really need to do is have a dollar-cost averaging plan where they say, okay, I'm going to create my financial plan. I need to know where I am in life. I need to know what asset allocation is going to get me to my goals. And then pick three to six months where you average into your portfolio. You do it systematically. On, uh, I like to do it every two weeks. But uh, if you're doing it on your own, maybe you do it every month. And you, you don't let the emotions drive your decisions. You write your plan down on paper and you build your portfolio over time and you rebalance on at least an annual basis and stick with that. That has worked over the last 110 years. Not, no, I've never met anybody that times the market perfectly. Timing the market in retirement is imper- important only when you peel off your gains but not trying to be in or out. It doesn't work that way. And that's why I like dividends because when you invest in dividend-paying stocks, you get paid to wait. And some stocks you get paid two to five percent to wait um so you know you've got to have a plan that takes the emotion out of it i will say this rob that the 2013 highs that we're seeing right now um read an article the other day at bloomberg that was talking about if you look at any other market high where the market gets to a high point and has trouble breaking through it over a period of time if you look at the price to earnings ratio the pe ratio at other market highs that we've had since the 80s Versus now, stocks are actually cheaper on a P.E. ratio basis. So, um, you know, right now the, the proof's in the pudding in terms of companies being able to continue to grow their earnings. But it's not like stocks are outrageously expensive at this high. It's just that markets have a tougher time. Once they get to an all-time high, it takes a while to break through it. Sounds good. As far as the opposite of that, where people, you know, see instead of the markets as fearful, they see the markets as, ooh, I can make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I have to tone those people down too. Like I have to, uh, you know, ramp up and, and cheerlead the people who think things are evil, and I have to ramp people down who think things that are speculative. Yeah. Um, and and it, it runs deep. You know, Google's had an amazing run at a period of time, going from 600 to 850. And people forget last time they reported earnings, the stock fell 10. percent That's like be greedy when others are fearful. Be fearful when others are greedy. And you just got to temper your enthusiasm. Everything in moderation, even moderation. If you feel like you're pushing the buy or sell bu- button based on any type of emotion, come back to it in 24 hours. Because I bet the next day you'll be able to find an article that makes you think the other way. There's always news out there. There's always Greek debt, European debt, U.S. debt, uh, you know, Lehman Brothers, whatever it may be. There's always something. That can make you either fearful or greedy if you read. Overall, how do you think greedy and fearful people end up on Wall Street? How do they end up on Wall Street? Yeah. How do you think it ends for them? In a sleeping bag outside of a building on Wall Street? 
I'm with you. So <laughs> just try to cut greed, and I guess that's where we came back to. The guy was fearful of the market, and I guess all we need to say is cut greed and cut fear out of your emotion base when it deals with investing for the future. It makes me want to find Spock and hire him because he had no emotion. It's interesting because one of the things that I – yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the Spock of money. Um, it's interesting. One of the things that I, I come back to again and again and again is uh, adjust, look at the time frames. I mean, I'd be afraid of not being in the market if you look at a 40-year market you know, chart. I'd, so anyway, I'd be greedy. You, like, you have to. And, and you know, in a historically low interest rate environment, you're going to have to deal with more volatility if you want to be able to invest and get, retire- get to retirement. Yeah, I'm with you. Anyway, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black. You can find me, of course, wherever you found me, but on kdow.biz. Uh, you can stream the show and get a podcast of the show. On Facebook group page, I hate Rob Black. On YouTube, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Um, I promise I'm going to be launching a website soon that is pretty cool, pretty scalable. I think you're going to like it. Um, as far as content and information goes, including some access to archives, which people have been asking for for a while. So I will try to deliver what you're asking for. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, let's go to Mike. Mike? Hello? You're on. Hi, um, I just had a question about um, uh, the VNQ REIT. Um, been in that for several years, and um, you know, here recently because of the interest rates, I guess it's kind of taken a little bit of a dip. And I'm wondering if that would be—is that more of a long-term position where you know I don't want to be jumping? I, I don't want to. What's, the, what's the ticker symbol on VNQ? I think that is the the ticker. It's a it's a real estate investment trust index fund from Vanguard. I'll take a look at it during the break because it's not coming up for me. Um, but if you can get the ticker, that would help enormously. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. You're Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Find me online at robblack.com. That's 800-838-1054. Trading carries a high level of risk and may not be suitable for everyone. And your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Okay. So I got a call and I figured out what he was asking about. It had been communicated to me that it was VNQ, but it was VNQ. I could see the mistake. 
It does show you the super importance of being very, very clear when you put in an order when you're buying tens of thousands of dollars of anything. So yield players are under pressure right now. The caller asked, should I get out? There's no right answer, first and foremost. He said he's been in it for a while, so let's say five years is a while in his mind. Stock's gone from the mutual fund, Vanguard REIT Index, it's an index fund, not a mutual fund. It's gone from 28 bucks to $7. In anyone's book in a five-year period, that's awesome. Year-to-date, it's up 8%. Dividend yield, eh, 3.3% good. So you're owning it for income, you're happy, or you're good. If you're owning it for total return, there's probably a better return elsewhere. As the Fed Reserve, and they'll tell us a little bit more on Wednesday, as they start to taper, or will they increase? When you take a trillion dollars of spending, of debt purchasing, of low-cost money out of an economy, they're doing $80 billion a month. That's a lot of money. It adds up. So when you take that away, people are going to be uh, pretty upset. Then again, some fundamentals start to come into play if they're taking it away. Fundamentals being economy's picking up, unemployment's lower. But all rate-sensitive areas have some fear tied towards them in the short term. Whether it's XLU, utilities, whether it's the REITs, IYR, ICF, or VNQ. As the 10-year Treasury moves to 25 to 3% over some period of time, there will be a rotation away from these guys and into other areas. I'm not overweighting REITs right now. I'm not underweighting them, but I'm not overweighting them. I like energy. I like technology. I like financials. And I like consumer discretionary. I just did a quick story about how Spending on weddings up huge. That's a discretionary spend. A Martha Stewart's discretionary spend. You don't have to have it, but you want it. Proxies for the overall group. There's going to be moments of some outperformance. And again, there's so many individual names inside of this. Prologis PLD is so different than healthcare properties, HCP. Prologis being a big owner of factories worldwide. Avalon Bay, apartment REITs, equity office properties, you know, commercial real estate. But he's owning just the overall. I like the overall REITs complex for the long-term patient investor. The run that the stocks had, or the, the stock that trades, the index that the stock trades as, it's been enormous. Hit an all-time high in May. I tend to think, you know, market weights, I think I tend to think that this is okay. I'm not, like I said, glorious about it. I'm not distraught about it. A lot of individual names have been hit a lot harder than this index. If you're in your accumulate wealth, I think you buy on dips. If you're in your managed wealth... I think 3% dividends, okay. 3.5% is pretty good. I'm um, not going to kick that out, you know. Baby in the bathwater. 
What's up with all these crazy baby nursery songs? Ring around the rosies, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall dead. And when the cradle, when the wind blows, the cradle falls to the ground. What, what's a cradle doing up in a tree? Who are these bad parents? So SP 500 up 17. The Dow's up 167. The Nasdaq up 42. The 10-year Treasury sits. And maybe that's what I should have told the caller. Maybe it's all about the direction of the 10-year Treasury. I don't think we're going to be seeing a 10-year bond at 3% this year. So I think some of the damage has already been done. Um, But if we do, boy, am I wrong. Car leasing is becoming huge. 25% of all new cars are now tied towards a lease. You don't own it, you lease it. Names like Volkswagen Passat, number one. Monthly payment, 249 bucks. The GMC Terrain, $199. Due at signing, $3,000. 30 months, total cost, $10,800. Cents per mile, 28 cents. So people are leasing because they can't afford to buy. Average new car payment is $434. Average first lease payment, $361. That's 20% lower. Leasing attracts buyers who want simplicity and convenience. You go down, pick out a car you want, you drive it for a few years, give it back. Basically, a lease is a long-term rental. Leasing of practical names like Civic Sedans and Volkswagen Passats have taken off. You can get a Civic lease for $169 a month with no down payment. At the end of the contract, usually 36 months, you return the car and pay for a new lease or a purchase. But not for everyone, though. They're a capitalized cost. Cost of the car, if you were to purchase that outright, the lower the price, the lower the payment. There's the money factor, which is just a different way of expressing an interest rate for comparison on a conventional auto loan. Convert the money factor to an interest rate by jumping it by 2400 There's the residual value. There's the cash due at signing. There's the mileage limits. Almost all leases have limit the mileage. And then it's a charge of 15 to 20 cents for every additional mile driven. I advise if you are going to lease, make sure the deal includes gap insurance. If the car is destroyed in an accident, gap insurance is going to cover any of the difference between what you still owe to the leasing company and what the insurance company will pay for a loss. You also want to make sure you're getting a closed-in lease. That means that if you return the car with normal wear and tear, you walk away with no further expenses. Never, ever lease a car for longer than its period of a warranty. One of the advantages of leases is that you should never have to worry about paying for repairs beyond normal maintenance. So, leasing is in fuego. That concerns me a little bit. I'm not, I'm not going to cry, but it, it's, it's disconcerting. So, the creepy ad yesterday, I was watching golf or something. Maybe soccer. 
And they said, tune in tonight for Miss USA. Or dads, tune in tonight and watch Miss USA contest. I'm like, okay, dad's like 40, 50 years old in theory, right? What you doing watching these 16, 17, 18-year-old girls prance around? And by prance, I do mean prance. The opening number, they were prancing. I know prancing when I see one. So Miss Connecticut one, she believes that DNA should be used in court cases with criminals to help crack the case. She sees that as a good thing. I love it when beautiful women are asked tough questions. Um, and yet, there is one woman who who just totally bombed. She was asked, Miss Utah was asked the question about pay equity in America. Men versus women, and she totally bombed. So what's the investment lesson there? Practice. Before you ever, ever, ever go on a job interview, practice. Practice with some tough questions. There's tales that companies like Google will ask questions. What would you do if you were shrunken down to the size of a quarter and put in a blender? And you're supposed to come up with something that impresses management? I know. Billionaire Ron Perlman is accused of spending his daughter's inheritance to sue his former in-laws. He's burned through his daughter's $68 million inheritance to mount a slew of unsuccessful lawsuits against them. Ron Perlman was one of those billionaires who's got a problem that he confuses um, his empire of wealth with women like him for him, when all they really like is him for his money. He spent $68 million of his daughter's inheritance exacting revenge on the in-laws. He's a chrome dome. He had a daughter with Claudia Cohen, who ultimately divorced. They remained close friends. They lived within a few blocks of one another. She died of cancer in 2007 at age 56. He was named the executive of her, of his, her daughter's estate, and now he's blowing all the money. Do you see why it's very important to correctly name the executors of wills and estates and trusts? This is Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. Don't forget to listen to the Chad Burton CFP show today from 1 to 2 on KDOW 1220. from last week's decline from Bloomberg World. 40s atop in the S&P for now. I think really we're really focused on Bloomberg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I like the story about Netflix developing 300 hours of content 
around DreamWorks pro uh, programs, movies, properties. Netflix is increasingly becoming a network. They know what we're watching. They know what we like. And they kind of build something around that. Would I buy a Netflix today? I don't own any, so maybe I'm being a bit of a hypocrite. There's a declining demand for husbands in the United States, and yet I see a lot of women who are wanting to get married. Once upon a time, women seemed more eager than ever to marry men. There's an article today in the New York Times about this exact thought. A recent poll of unmarried blacks of primary age found that only 25% of women were seeking a long-term relationship compared to 43% of men. Is it a supply and demand issue? Is it a potential lifetime partners issue? The terms are starting to become a little bit more advantageous to men than women. It used to be woman married man, man supported family. There's cost to both parties, no doubt about it. There's commitments of financial support, family care. Anglo-American law traditionally gave men more rights than women in marriage. Some religious traditions today encourage wives, but not husbands, to promise obedience. So the dynamic's changing a little bit. Higher education for women can make for an affluent couple, or it can make for, again, the demand for long-term commitment declining. I don't know. I'm not going to get too much into that debate other than to tell you that it's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Taking a look at some of the other stories of note today. Manus Steel had a big weekend. That's property of Time Warner, Warner Brothers. Sookie returned to HBO. Sookie. That's also a property of Time Warner's. CNN is now starting to offer alternative programming, which again tells me that we all need to change with time. The political talk is dullard. Morgan Spurlock, the documentarian who made Supersize Me, he's got his own show there. As does Ellen Boulogne, Ridley Scott. Changing with the times. A little bit of that's going on. Stocks are rebounding after last week's selling. Delta Airlines and United Continental, both a little bit lower. The overall Dow Transportation Index, higher. I saw a story out there today, and I didn't do it for no other sake than I didn't do it. But airlines are adding more seats to airlines. Um, sometimes if a plane could carry 132 people, they're getting 180 on it. I'm not going to like act like they don't deserve to do I mean, hopefully you as a consumer either like it or dislike it and make that known. Home builder sentiment jumped in June, rising to a key milestone above 50, showing more optimism than negative uh, pessimism. Ben Bernanke is going to meet Tuesday and Wednesday with his bankers. The Empire State Index improved modestly in June, 
better than expected reading, showing current growth, but expectations were weaker. Fitch is basically saying China's got a credit bubble we need to watch out for. Boeing, their CEO is out there saying, you know, the Dreamliner battery problems resolved. Tesla got started with an overweight by global equities. $150 price target on it. Thinking that Tesla's carving out a new segment within the auto industry called transport as a service. He thinks they could control up to 60% of that market. So American Airlines, like I just said, adding extra seats to their cabins, both the Boeing 737 and MD-80 planes. Alaska, JetBlue, Southwest, and Spirit have all done it. They've done it with a thinner back cushion. Netflix up 6% on that DreamWorks deal. Analysts have admitted now that they were hopelessly wrong or hopelessly optimistic about Samsung's S4, Galaxy S4. They're going to miss expectations by up to 70%. Other stories of note, spinning on weddings way up. CIT was upgraded to buy from hold. CIT Group was upgraded today by a firm called Drexel Hamilton. Firms increased flexibility to return excess capital to shareholders. They announced a $200 million shareholder repurchase program. 50% of earnings could be returned to shareholders over time. Supreme Court struck down an Arizona voter law, saying that states can't require would-be voters to prove they're U.S. citizens before using the federal system that is supposed to make voter registration easier. So the home builders and the REITs and the utilities, all that have dividends to pay out, all very, very much so at the whim of what the Federal Reserve says on Tuesday and Wednesday. I would say this week's useless until Tuesday or Wednesday. So you start getting a feel for tapering of debt purchases, keeping mortgage rates low. Tapering would probably push interest rates higher on mortgages. Let's watch the 10-year treasury. Here's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Savvy investors know where to find the best possible investment advice. And according to the financial experts at U.S. News & World Report, one of the best podcasts is locally grown. AM 1220 KDOW is home for Rob Black and your money. Weekday mornings at 7. Now you can take Rob Black with you in your car, on your computer, or on your smartphone. With Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.